Hi friends! Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Charisma O'Keefe. I'm Angelica Yard. And we are here on Thursdays, almost every Thursday, um, talking to you about business and balance and life and keeping your life in order in 2020, which is such a challenge. And I want to just say at the top of this episode, uh, two very important things. Number one is to please review us um, because we like reviews and they're super helpful and they help us get seen by other people. So, I mean, if you like us, review us. If you don't like us, just, I don't know, go away, I guess. Don't listen. Uh (laughs) No, keep listening though. Like, please keep listening. Like, we appreciate the hate listeners. If you are hate listening right now, we welcome you as well. That would be wild (laughs) if we had hate listeners. I don't think we do, but that would be wild. Because I know there are people that will like hate shows or even hate people and stuff and follow them and stuff. I don't really get it, but I, I know that that exists and that's a thing, which is wild. Um, and then the other thing is to please vote because dear God, I'm so tired. Um, so please vote. It's a very important election. Every election is important. Um, even the ones that aren't presidential elections, those ones are incredibly important, but if you haven't voted before. I know some people that haven't. Um, this, this is a great time to start. Uh, hopefully you have a good voting plan. Early voting has started pretty much everywhere at this point. So get to the polls. Yeah. I it's think well it's... how we have like the latest early voting of like most of the states. Like ours was yeah. pretty much last, which is terrifying to me um, because we have the most issues with voting. Yeah, we should get like, it's almost like <laughs> it's we, should 20 get, years. <laughs> we should get to start early because we, you know how like you, they, exactly. Problems. So, um, yeah. I normally vote on election day just because like, I like to go in and that, all that, but with the pandemic, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, because you know, I wasn't sure what election day would even look like. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be here in DC, although I was hoping I would be here cause I really did not want to be in DC for election day. Um, so thankfully we're here and we, um, are doing the voting by mail situation, which is our first time doing that. Um, I probably won't do it like next time because again, I like to vote on election day. Like I, I, to me, I make a whole day of it. I'm normally like the first person in line and I I get like really excited about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, this will be the only time I'm not doing that. Uh, and I will say this, like, I'm not like as excited to vote as I normally am. I think it's just as important. I feel the same amount of like fire of like, this is important. There's fire under my butt, like get to the polls, but it's like different than certain years where I've been like, yes, I'm voting, you know, so. I will but- say I <laughs> saved the presidential piece for last, which I knew, you know, like I know who I'm going to, but I was excited because I, I felt the same way as you. I was not excited about this. I'm dreading it. And I've seen all the tweets that say go to bed at like three o'clock on November 3rd. Same. Uh, yeah. But once I started going and digging into our local yes. candidates in their history and going through their websites and reading the judges and like what they voted on, I learned some really cool stuff about some of the judges about what they've done. And some of them had like work with doing important things in Trayvon Martin's case. And there was a lot of really cool stuff there. And that made me excited. Because yeah. I feel like they're always locally, there's opportunities. We actually, our local, local, like, residential board for our district, our little tiny town, there is the, I feel like, the first time, at least since I've been here in the 10 years that I've known about this town, that a Black woman is running for a seat. Yeah. Very thrilled about that. And not and just because she's a Black woman, be... but she has really 
good. Yeah, and people seem to be responding positively to her, which is great. She's been here for 17 years, which is Mm -hmm. insane that this town is not friendly. Um, (laughs) And I I think I know, like, like I know of her um, and where she was. Like, I know of the person because it's a small town, of course. It is, and so I'm very excited about the opera. So those things make me excited because I I'm not excited about the other one. Like the big thing, I I could not care less. I think maybe people who don't like voting or feel like their vote doesn't matter, does not want to vote. Like I I don't agree with you, but I will say please just give it a chance for your local elections and having some time to research some of these people because some of them genuinely really small, like the your water soil people really have really cool backgrounds and we have some really young people on our ballots as well which is really cool for for a small like like our water soil, those type of things which is cool and i'm like this is really neat to see people my age running for these uh, which we should we're old now but like <laughs> in my child, yeah, my child no, brain exactly. i'm like it's just strange to see someone like, who's 30 how? years old running for this seat for like this thing so it, it was cool to do that and i think it did make me feel a little better despite the fact that like things could be on fire and go to civil war the next day but i am excited about the people who have actually taken the time to volunteer and like really put together sites and all this stuff that they've been doing and encouraging themselves to like get involved in local politics i i would change my mind and so it really I, that's like, my, like it makes a big spiel. difference i think if anything like this pandemic has shown us and especially like with us specifically being in Florida, like the United States of America, like we're all different states, we're all different, you know, counties, cities, etc. And the way that things work in one place is not how it works in another place uh, in our country. So it's really important who your local leaders are. Um, this year has shown us that like in a massive way. And like, for example, we have some terrible leadership here in Florida and everything is on fire here the most and it's 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 a dumpster fire and it's just really bad um whereas like when you go to look at some other states it's like they have things a little bit more under control like yes it's still there's experiencing negative things because of trump and everything but it is literally night and day i can tell you from like having to go back and forth you know between the dc area that it's very different (laughs) the way people the way the culture is the way people are acting around the pandemic and and just the healthcare that's provided the level of testing all those different things so that's why it's important all the time um to make sure that you know who your local leaders are and you know be involved in that process and then a lot of times like who we have in in the white house will lead to who we have in you know other positions as well which we're seeing right now um so just kind of just be aware of all of it and vote even if it's again even if there's two candidates that you don't like it's not about unfortunately like you're not going to find perfect candidates for everything that's we're you're voting for human people so they're not going to be perfect um but trying to find one that you think that you can work with because at the end of the day these are our elected officials they're working for us so find someone that you think that you can work with and you can help guide into being a better leader so yes please go vote and then also um we have a gift guide episode coming up um so obviously we have already some people in mind who uh, we're going to be highlighting some small businesses and small shops and stuff but if you have a small shop that you love that you think we don't know about uh if you like frequent one that you think that we love that you don't know about please let us know you can either just email us or dm us or whatever um because we just want to make sure that we're highlighting some awesome small businesses for that guide yep yay All right, so we have listener questions, and the first one is going to be funny answer for me. So 
The first question from our listeners is, are you reading any good business or personal development books right now? And my answer is no, because (laughs) I have really been reading to escape this year um, just because it's just been a lot. Uh, So I haven't really, I have picked up some um, on very specific business practices that I have needed to learn more about, but I haven't like read them cover to cover. It's been more in that like informational way. Like I've picked up like some for dummies books and stuff like that um, on very, very specific topics and looked up very specific things in them. So it's not like I've been like reading professional development, personal development or business books like cover to cover and like really enjoying them. I do want to start out the year like maybe um, having like a list of like I don't know, like maybe one per month that I'd like to get through for business or personal development. Um, But this year it was just not in the cards for me. (laughs) It's a, it's a dumpster fire. Um, No, I think same because I'm not really like my reading bug is still, I'm still entire reading. My body doesn't want to do it. So I can't make it do it. Um, Yeah. But I will say I sent it to you. I've sent it to all my friends, this personal book. That is the that adult children read. of emotionally mature, immature parents, how to heal from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents. And so it sounds really harsh as a title, but I think the older we get, our parents, a lot of our parents are either on the end of baby boomers or early Gen X. Um, and so a lot of our, or old, if you have older parents in there, they're, you know, baby boomers to max. So those, that gap, mm-hmm. those, that age group right now is really struggling with transitioning age-wise and to as we become more of a digital you know society um other countries haven't had as much of an issue but for some reason america is having united states of america specifically is having such a hard blowback with the digital age and the tech age and the disinformation and the like there's just so much going on with that generation and having to adapt and so and quite frankly it's become aggressive and we've seen this people who aren't in the U.S. have seen this play out in our elections and things, you know, misinformation and the disinformation coming from Russia via social media, the bots, the, it's all this thing. But unfortunately, our parents are becoming, in, because they have fears and things that have happened. And, and we all have our own relationships with our parents in our own way. But I think that has affected a lot of my friends and their relationship with their parents, where it's not that like the relationships you thought you would have as an adult because of mm-hmm. certain things have happened via them just aging and getting older and, and not being really in control. And the way things are in information is presented is really like fear mongering and really like, hey, you know, your kids are like planning on you to die if you don't vote, you know, you know, stupid things. Like there's just yeah. silly, ridiculous things that are happening. So I think this book has been recommended by like all the people I know. I'm on the so excited. And so I'm to excited read it. to read it. Um, I will put a link in the show notes for everyone because I think we like if you ha- if you're struggling with your parents right now specifically even if they don't believe like even if they aren't Trump supporters or like hardcore Republicans, whatever the case may be you may have an issue with your parents and you're not understanding what happened this is really an in depth look about yourself and your inner child and the inner child work and I think like I'm I feel like relationships have changed as well with like the internet and like social media and stuff like that like I feel like the relationship between like a 30 year old and their parent now is much it's different, very different. Oh, than yes, like 10 yes. years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And like, like because of social media and things like that. And then also because people living longer too. So yes. that like changes things. Like I, like my best friend has an older 
um, parent and he's 90 and he's like alive and kicking and doing well and like very much a part of her life and like super a part of like the kid's life and stuff. And so it's, it's very different than it was in the past where it might just be like, oh, well, I see my family for holidays or like maybe I call my parent like once a week or something. But now it's like people are friends with their parents on Facebook and like yeah, there's just there's a just lot, a lot of uh, 24 transparency access. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to read it over Thanksgiving break because I feel like it's going to be like emotional for me. So I feel like I'm going to like read it when I have like <laughs> yeah. a little bit of time to just- No, it is emotional because it's, it's hard. Yeah. And I also- on the point that you're making, I because I think it's the specific age group, and the reason why, I, like my hypothesis for this is because my friends who are Gen, like my mom is a Gen X, she's not very old <laughs> at all. My I would say that I wish I'm a very my mom young mom. Gen X. Um, so my mom typically people who are my mom's age or a little bit younger than her, maybe ten years, have kids who are now Gen Z, and so she or those kids have such a different relationship with their parents. And yeah. because their parents grew up in all this stuff. And it, so I feel like Gen, younger Gen X parents are a lot different than older Gen X or, you know, baby boomer. Like, it's just a big difference in the way that they parent. And so I feel like Gen Z kids typically have a healthy relationship with their parents because of the parent, their parents' relationship with their baby boomer parents. So it's so interesting to read all of this and get into it. But yeah, that's one I recommend. But as far as business books, I haven't read a thing. I'm going to every conference on, like, I'm Adobe Max right now this week. If you have a creative friend, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Adobe Max is free for the first time. We are all up in that that piece. We're all talking about, like, what's happening. It is taking over the internet. So just, I think if you're not in a space to read books, which is fine because we're in a pandemic, follow some of the conferences and stuff that people are talking about on social media and that may make you feel better because you do learn because I feel like Adobe Max is very hands-on and tutorially mm -hmm. so I have learned a lot of stuff which has been cool and I didn't have to pick up a book <laughs> like yeah, I just had yeah. it on my tv and still working and still like managing my household so that's my my response to that um I will say like if any listeners want to pick up the book and read it like with us through the like Thanksgiving season that's what I was just thinking it'd be like kind of like a nice time because I know that it's like it's like holidays like that are always difficult it's hard and it's hard like, like this parents. year yeah. yeah and even if you're not gonna see your parents it can be weird so I'm like yeah definitely like we'll be reading it like reach out to us let us know your thoughts on it and then, of course, I'm always reading, like, fun stuff, so people can check out my Goodreads, or, like, I'm sharing some of it on Instagram and stuff, so I've just been, like, what can I read that's either, like, fun, escapism, or mindless, or, you know, something in that that realm for the time being. I'm looking forward to getting back into business books, but I just, I just, for me, I'm, like, this year, it's just not, it's gonna not happen. <laughs> like, I'm, like, we only have a few years, or a few, a few years left. Oh, that's what this year feels like. We only have a few months <laughs> left. We only have a few years left. <laughs> we only um, have a few months left of this year, not a few years left of this year, even though it feels that way. And I'm like, I'm just not gonna. Um, so speaking of pandemic, the second question is, what are your current pandemic protocols? And this is a great question because I know that everybody's kind of doing different things right now. And it's like very confusing. I'm like, what should we do? And what is safe? Um, I think I read something like, this morning that said like scientists say like we should probably be gearing up for yeah some that really information bad. has definitely been coming out so it's like the next is like four to five weeks should be a very 
rapid growth time for COVID. It should be like a very challenging time. We should be very extra careful during this time. It's like, I see the reports on it and then I'm just not really seeing people react or care. So (laughs) like I'm reading this article and I'm just like, okay, these are all like, like, you know, cited sources. Like this is all like legit. And then like, everyone's just like, well, I'm going to talk about how Chris Pratt is the worst Chris and I'm not going to talk about that. We're not, we're not uh, talking about Chris Pratt. Which I'm right talking about podcast. that too on Instagram or on Twitter, but I'm just saying like, we also need to be talking about the pandemic and that sort of thing. So for me, um, not a lot has changed in my protocols um, since I would say like my first adjustment uh, back in, let's say May. Um, so like in March, it was just like, no one in or no one out, stay in the house, like complete panic, not knowing what was going on, kind of afraid to breathe outside air, like just not knowing what's going on. Since then, it's just kind of been the same um, since May, which is just kind of like, I have my pod of people who are in my pod. Um, They are also people who are not needing to go like too regular, like they're not having to go out to work and that sort of thing, uh, working from home and just kind of staying on that like we're in the same level of risk, I guess you could say. Uh, I do go to the grocery store normally once a week, sometimes once every two weeks. Um, I go to Target once a month um, just to get like household supplies and stuff. It's Trader Joe's that I'm going to the rest of the time. I have tried like a few different places. Um, I'm really just sticking to the same places because I need places that I know that I can go and it's going to be extra safe. So for me, like Paloma, which is in a coffee shop that's in Windermere, like they have one person come into their store at a time. And like you literally, if you come with like another person, like if John and I were to go, we can't go in at the same time. Like they're very like hardcore about it. And you can't actually come into really the shop. It's just like a little space, like four by four space in the front. And they hand you a drink and you go on your way. They have a immunocompromised person working there because I talked to the owner about it. And so that's why they're one of the reasons that he wants to be so safe. And he, he said like, he does not care what goes on, what Florida says they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. This is the way that he's going to run his business until COVID is under control because he's like, I'm not going to risk the health of, you know, my employees. So that's like a place that I'm like, okay, I can go there. Um, And then I can go to create because I know the owner there. And like, if numbers are high and stuff, like he has no problem doing um, like pickup. They don't really do like delivery because like Uber Eats and all that, like has done a terrible job at (laughs) getting, I guess their drinks to people in a way that makes sense and not destroying them um but yeah so I go pick up there and then I'll go pick up at chicken it's the same thing like you know it's easier to uh just have them like bring it out to you bring it out front um I like somebody asked the other day like if I'm gonna go back to Disney parks anytime soon um and I have a friend that just went like a week and a half ago and she said uh that Epcot felt busy in like normal times So she's like, not like a pandemic busy, but a busy for now. So, or for like before the pandemic. So I'm just like, that's a no for me. (laughs) Um, Because when Disney is like busy, busy, like it's shoulder to shoulder, like it's, you know, and that's what she said. She said it was terrifying. She said it was literally like shoulder to shoulder. And like, it wasn't like that, I guess, like, you know, a few months ago, it wasn't as busy, but I don't know if what, like what changes they have made. They're not obviously announcing you know, how many people I guess can come in or things like that. But she said like, they were shocked. Like she hadn't gone until now and her family like 
um they came down from atlanta to like it was like her nephew's birthday and so they had like three park dates like you know reserved and they thought like oh it's gonna be super spacious and whatever and she said that was not the case so i'm just like i'm just gonna not do that that doesn't sound fun to me so and if anyone's been to disney they know that like if you if you're in like if you turn like that wrong corner at the wrong time like you can't like get out of that crowd without like yeah don't go mexico way go Canada yeah it's way. like you, you go mexico have... way you're stuck <laughs> like yeah, you just it's see just it like you have to like go through a crowd to get out yeah. of a crowd sometimes there and so i'm just like that is not like those sort of crowds stress me out in general but like yeah during covid like that's not happening so i definitely i mean you know we're in the same travel groups but um in the mom groups specifically they were talking about Disney specifically and someone was saying that it was busy. Like they were like, it was fine. Like there was like a couple of weeks where people were trying to, they were trying to figure out when it got busy. And so it definitely in the past two, three weeks mm-hmm. got picked, you know, it picked up and got crazy. So um, I feel like our, <laughs> my pandemic plans have not really changed since March. Like, I feel like I'm the same person. Like I, I always have gone out to the grocery store every uh, one to two weeks. I think we have taken the kid in once or twice just because of like if there's no one to watch her she can't be at home by herself she's fine um that, you know yeah. it's against the law um but obviously in stores that i've been like target where it's spacious it's in, like during down times when people are at work not during or in school mm-hmm. and quickly come in and go out it's not like we're going out to like kerfuffle in target and like hold pinkies and like go look at toys it's not <laughs> like i need to go in and get milk and eggs and she, you know what i mean like things yeah. to do um i haven't really like i haven't done any other parks or anything like i really haven't gone to the local parks because it's just everybody i know is out and that's the issue is that we tourism hasn't like it slowed down for a little bit but tourism recently especially over the summer kind of picked back up Mm -hmm. it's not full swing i will never say that because financially obviously it's not but it is at a point where it's not interested like locals are no longer interested in doing tourist things again and so they're doing the local things well, the problem is when everyone local goes to all the local things, the local things get busy. And so I'm not interested in going to a park and like my friends in Utah or Colorado can go to the parks and have, you know, hundreds of acres and never see a human being. Whereas if I, you know, drive up to Guinea Springs, I'm going to see like six people I know personally, not to mention the other, you know, 55 people who they're with, you know, so it's just, it's too much. And I'm not interested and I'm good. I'm not traveling. Like, we're not doing any traveling. We have nowhere to go. If we had to go somewhere, obviously we would do, we would drive and be yeah. safe and, and, you know, take our time. But we don't have. I don't feel luckily, like I'm going to fly for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luckily, we haven't had to do, you know, we, we are very fortunate and blessed or whatever, hashtag blessed, uh, like Drake says, that we don't really have to do anything that's out of, you know, our comfort zone. Our, our bubble is quite small. Our bubbles bubble is even smaller. I feel like our, we are like the bubbles bubbles is just like each other. And so that's what we we see those people every now and again, not even every week or every day. But yeah, it is what it is. Like, I'm not I, it doesn't stress me out. And I feel bad because people are they, they obviously is this group of people who are doing whatever they want, which is like, I mean, I guess it's fine for you. It's not it's not fine. <laughs> the scheme of things, but I'm not going to go scream at someone because they got on a plane and you know that are being irresponsible that's their that's their choice but it seems like they are so into attacking everybody else it's like they're like well you're living in fear dude yeah <laughs> you're living in a, like there was a teacher who was in a bubble while she was sitting in line for voting and these people were like she doesn't want that bubble to go to the grocery store and everybody's like what are you talking about like what does that even i don't 
You guys sound ridiculous. You do. They like, if you disagree pride. and you don't, you think it's silly, that's fine. Like, think it's silly and move on and keep going out and having your, you know, whatever you do. But it's so strange. Like, I personally have seen more people who are the, I'm doing whatever I want, that's my life, much so more. aggressive towards people yeah. who are like, I'm just chilling. And, and I'm not like, they're like, well, what about depression? And I'm sure those things have happened. Personally, for me, I'm fine. Like, my mental health has been pretty good. The state of, like, the world outside of just COVID was where mental health got bad. Like, just having a president who doesn't Mm -hmm. like me (laughs) and having a cult following was bad for me before COVID was a I was much worse mentally in June with everything going on. Oh, yes. That was, and and even now with with Nigeria and Africa, all the things are happening all over, not just in Nigeria, but that is more stressful to me. When I think about 2020, I think about being Black more than I think about COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's my own personal thing. I get, I'm not everybody. I'm not every person. I cannot speak for everyone's experience, but for personally, for me, I don't need the poor you, sad you, you, you're not going to movie theater, like, you're not going to buffet, you're not going to eat. I, I didn't lose any sleep. Yeah. I'm all right. Like, we're good. Yo, <laughs> we're I all good actually, here. The kid is loving digital school. I got invited to go to a wedding that is next month. And it's not like a socially distanced, small wedding. It's like a large, large a wedding. wedding. Yeah. Um, and it's made clear in the invitation that, like, it's an outdoor venue and you do not have to wear a mask um, unless you go inside the venue. And I'm, I'm like, okay. cool. So, so you guys have like, fun. It's happy, so funny because I'm like, how do you even, like, I'm like, I don't even know how to, like, uh, like obviously, like, we're not going to go. But it's just, the, like, the strangest RCP I've ever written. It's like, we won't be coming because covid like hello like are we living in different worlds but we are and that's I'm just I, just you know i mean i there's birthday parties there's baby showers yep. there's been so many things i'm just like i can't no, and no. if you want to know more we can talk about it but i feel like the general news should be the answer for that <laughs> but yeah. i'm like i'm not gonna get like i'm not gonna get into it. do it you, if you feel like it's good for you good for you it's not but like good for you but the problem is it's outside of you but if you can't think that way that's not where your brain works that's living your life i'm not coming to scream at you over the internet or in person about what you're doing just know i care for you i won't be there <laughs> yeah that's that's how i feel i'm like um... enjoy yeah, not going to be there. Um, and then our third and last listener question is, how do I find a good CPA? Um, so my advice would be to, because uh, it's beneficial to have a local CPA so that they know some of the like stuff specific to where the you live. The local tax laws. Yeah, and so I would talk to somebody like, I would talk to people either in your exact field or at least to just other uh, small business owners and stuff and see who they're working with and kind of go from there same i think cpa is much like your mechanic those type of things are kind of referral it's all like old school and i understand that people are upset when they start out and they like trying to build sites and they're trying to figure out how to build a following but unfortunately because of the nature of how the industry has worked with accounting it's very hard to trust someone with money and so it's a little easier to trust someone who has been trusted by someone else that you know Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think if you're a CPA that's trying to break out and find new people, I think 
really do a lot of networking events, really try to yeah. set yourself up as an expert in your field, do a lot of e-webinars, et cetera, so people can get to know you so they can hear that you know what you're talking about. I think that's worked very well for the Budgetista. She yes. started out just being herself on the internet, being open, being vulnerable. And now that she's on CNBC, she's on show, she was on Queer Eye. Like now people are like blowing. She blew up over, you know, kind of overnight that she's now doing all these TV appearances and because she's become an expert in her field due to her own experience and just being open. So I think you have to be willing to do that. Start a Facebook group get to answer one of like silly questions that come up in business groups that are like not, you know, that can lead to people hiring you. So it's kind of like, do I find an accounting software? You're like, yes, I have several that I can recommend to you. I would love to talk to you more about your personal needs. And then that can lead to a possible client. Love it. So today we are talking about setting boundaries personally and professionally. And we're going to give you some tips that you can use to set boundaries in your personal life and in your professional life. So the first one is taking the time to come up with reasonable boundaries. Um, So I feel like step one, I mean, for some people, it's, it's going to be beneficial to go to therapy first, right? And kind of learn like where you need those boundaries. Because sometimes it's hard for us if we're in the moment living the life to like realize like, oh, this isn't appropriate and I shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't be allowing other people to do this to me or whatever it is. Um, so make sure that you, you know, have looked at what your issues are, what you're dealing with and give yourself some space to Um, sit with yourself and come up with those boundaries and don't pressure yourself. Don't be like, Oh my gosh, I have to come up with, you know, five boundaries, you know, by tomorrow, like don't make it a stressful situation. Just give yourself that time to actually write down your boundaries, think them out and, you know, set like some boundaries that work for you without being a stressful environment. Yeah, I think it's hard to come up with boundaries if you don't know what, where your boundaries are until you come up with, into situations. So I feel like uh, me as an uh, adult human, or even as a child, like I was very strong about having boundaries. I I'm, I'm think maybe that's a personality trait that I very much at a young age understood what made me feel good and what did not make me feel good. And if something didn't make me feel good, I didn't like it. I didn't respect a choice. I would hardcore be like, this is not for me. And I'm bouncing out. And it, it makes for stubborn children. So people who have stubborn kids, like me, mm. um, that, that's what's happening. Your child is just trying to figure out their boundaries or they understand their, like they want to set boundaries for themselves. They're not always reasonable. Like as a child, you don't have discernment. So things don't make sense. Like you can't be like, I'm never eating broccoli again. Yeah. But they are people, there are people who, who at a young age understand how that works for them. And so for those type of people who, um, who you've kind of done this throughout your life, I think after you go through an experience that made you feel icky, this is when you do that thing, this process of sitting down, taking the time and be like, what made me feel icky about this thing? What happened? Kind of do a, a journal it out, write down what happened and see where things went. Like if it was a conversation, see, talk about the line that made you feel the way you feel, because there's something that happened in the conversation that may have happened or the interaction, what crossed the line for you and, and how do you look at it and what made you feel not great about it and how can you stop this thing from recurring again if it's something that is something that can happen or how can you adjust to it because sometimes you can have a boundary that's like you have a a, like a low boundary and then like a hard like I can deal with this because I have these words for it but then you have a thing where it's like a hard stop and you got to walk away like this is my hard stop boundary so definitely 
experience, do that thing, write it out, journal it out. And I think um, if you do have a therapist, it's important to write those things down and bring that up in your session and say, hey, this happened to me. Let's talk about it. How do I set a boundary for this thing? Or is this reasonable? So I, I love that you make the correlation between like a stubborn child being like a child that is actually pretty decent at you know, setting boundaries for, for a kid and uh, that they're working on how exactly they want to do that in their life. And that, I think that's so true. And I think that a lot of times, like we, as a society, like we stamp that out of kids, right? Like mm-hmm. we tell them like, well, you're wrong because you have said no. And like, or you've been alive you, for not a long time. Now, like, that's you the, the answer. No, and like, <laughs> so I'm mad at you. And so for me, I think that it's been really hard for me to set boundaries because I think as a child, I would try to be like, no, or like, this is how I feel. And for me, it was very much like, my mother was always like, you are a child and I am an adult and I am right and you are wrong. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, when you hear that over and over and over again, it's like, you start to think like, well, do I know how to set yeah. boundaries or do I know? Like, cause a lot of parents will say like, I know what's right for you simply because I, I'm older. I am older. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you always, then you have all these people in your life who it's like, well, I'm never going to be older than these people. Cause that's not how time works. Therefore, like, do I know what I'm doing and can I set my own boundaries? So that's why I'm like, I feel like it is such like a, uh, the process of setting them can be so emotional, even if they're again, completely like professional Rational, boundaries we're talking about yeah like if it's like <laughs> if it's like i'm gonna make a hard boundary that you know i'm gonna stop work every day and have a lunch break and like no matter what clients need or whatever else is going on like i am going to feed myself lunch every day even if that is your boundary you might break it all the time because you just feel like not confident in your own like skill set of being able to like set your own boundary and make your own yeah. boundaries so and I'm not yeah. a doctor for any chance I wanted to be I didn't go to school I, you know you guys have been listening I ain't got so many um <laughs> like I was a child I didn't have money to go to Emory but the I will I found personally and this is you know kind of why I did want to go to school to be a doctor is because the people that I know who do like like yourself who like were stomach and my, my mom tried Good luck. Uh, she tried. She tried so hard to to stamp that, like have her her sit back. And sometimes she did. Like sometimes she had things where I like thought about it and was like, yeah, that is rational. You're right. And there were a lot of times I was like, no, nah, you're not wrong. Like a, a hard thing that I set boundaries on was designing. Very early on, I was designing at 15. This was very important to me. And being online, like it was important to me. And she felt like it was like literally the word she said was, "There is no career in graphic design." She and I bring that up all the time. Uh, I bring it up all the time because I that, and I, I set a hard boundary. I was fifteen. I could have died. Like you know, who knows what could have happened for me. But if you know, once you get, if you're non-confrontational though, and you have that confrontation back and forth with your parent or a guardian or somebody who's older, your teacher, your boss, and and you set a boundary and they push it for you and you're non-confident and you back down really easily, it's hard for you to set boundaries when you're older. Mm-hmm. It is bit terrifying because you don't want to get to even if there's nobody around you don't want to get into that point where you have someone judge you or get like make you feel uncomfortable or you know that breaks you and so I definitely can see how certain people have a hard time setting boundaries because they were always met with confrontation as a child or in a job or whatever a a relationship even you have a a person a, a partner who was maybe a little bit more aggressive and more of the person who set the boundaries, quote unquote, in the relationship, and you didn't have a voice, 
you trying to find your voice can be very traumatic for you. And again, that's what therapy is for. And, and I'll say this is, this is literally like we're in my therapy session. Right now. <laughs> it sounds so much like what my therapy sessions sound like. Uh, but yeah, Which is I another totally... thing that you would have been good at besides being a doctor and everything else. You would have been a great therapist too. But I'm glad <laughs> that you went into design because your your design is healing too. So, you know, it there's is. a lot and of I, ways I use a lot to... of the things that my discernment and personal relationships with people to to create strategies obviously for people and then make sure that they're being successful so that's it's good for me that I like didn't have to do a 15 year round even though I would like a white coat someday maybe I'll be 50 and go back and become a doctor who knows knows? Uh, but I do like to have this this gift I guess or whatever talent of discernment to use it with clients and show them things that they yeah. have seen. And I, I feel they, like it know. is so important, like in, in our fields, like that's what I went to school for is, is uh, psychology. And before I dropped out of college, but um, I definitely use it all the time working with clients. It's, it's definitely like the, those skill sets are good to have. And those are good areas to study uh, regardless of what field you're in. But anytime you're working with people, you're, you're going to use that sort of stuff. Um, so with people, that is our step two is go over your boundaries with a person that you trust. Um, so that can be a therapist. That can be a good friend that you want a friend that can really call you on your stuff, like in a gentle way. Um, you don't want someone who's just going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You want someone who's actually going to, you know, ask you the tough questions and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, a therapist or someone that you can trust that is going to see the full picture and call you on things. That's who you want to go over the boundaries with and be like, do these boundaries, you know, make sense for me and how should I implement them and that sort of thing and have that conversation with somebody else. Because if you're just writing them down and keeping them to yourself, it's going to be a lot harder to implement them. Agreed. Um, there is an episode of the Best Friends podcast with Nicole Byer and Shishiro Zamata, which we talk about way too often on the show. Love it. Uh, Gabrielle Union was on Ooh. an episode of her best friend. And it was so interesting how they talked about the dynamics in their relationship and about how he isn't afraid of her. You know what I mean? Her being yeah. Gabrielle. She's the Gabrielle Union. She is the Gabrielle Union. May not mean anything to you if you don't know Gabrielle Union, but we do. And that's important. Sure um, before she was a wife, she was still the Gabrielle mm-hmm. Union. So her stature and the way she carries herself, she's very strong. I've read her book. She's talked about why she is very yep. going. And she's talked about her failures and her as a person and what she's done wrong and how the people around her call her out. And that's how she sees herself and her issues. So I'm like, I think that's important to have a person in your life who is going to do that for you. Because if you do not, (laughs) you will, you will talk to your therapist and they'll tell you about yourself. Like it just not having someone who you can trust to tell you that you're to put you on in alignment with reality is dangerous. Like it's very hard. And I understand that we're in a place, especially with COVID where a lot of people are alone. They don't have that option. And so I really, it may not have the money for a therapist right now. A lot of people don't have money. Like, so I, I just would hope that we can look and find people or find us to be open to finding and talking to someone and say, hey, are you interested in, in doing this for me or being this person or being reliable? Because it, it is, you need someone to talk about things with you. Because if you don't set those boundaries or you have set them, but you haven't talked to somebody and you let people run over them and then your friend or your person is like, yo. So let's talk about this. You let this person talk over you during a meeting because you are a, you know, marginalized person and they felt like they were an expert versus you being the expert, those type of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, find a person. 
definitely, definitely like good to have one that knows about your personal life and one that knows about your professional life as well. It could be the same person or it could be two separate, but like, like you said, it's like, it's, you want someone that will kind of like, maybe not in the moment, cause maybe it's not appropriate in the moment, but like, we'll pull you aside and say, Hey, this, this is a boundary you set and you know, you didn't follow through with it. Um, so in addition to like having that person that you trust, that's kind of like doing this with you, you know, you also need to let everybody else know about your boundaries. So, and when I say that, I mean, specifically like the people who you are putting these boundaries in place because of. So this could be, if it's a, on a personal level, this could be like your family members and that sort of thing. And if it's a professional level, it could be your clients, right? And so you obviously need to let people know like in a professional way, if it is, um, you know, career related. Uh, but when you have those new boundaries, so let's say that you are no longer going to be in your inbox after 6 p.m., and you are, you know, going to respond to emails within 48 hours instead of 24, then maybe you issue out like a newsletter that lets you know, hey, here are some of our new policies, just want to let make sure everybody knows. And then maybe you put that in your email signature for the next however long, so that people are aware. And then maybe you make it um, available somewhere on your website. And like people don't think of these as boundaries, but that's truly what that is. Like it's literally you being like, okay, these are the boundaries I'm going to set for myself and my work life. And, you know, how often I'm going to be in my inbox and that sort of thing. And then following through with them, making those hard boundaries and making them clear to your customers or clear to, you know, your clients and, and then following through with them. Um, so yeah, making sure that other people know about them. And again, that's a game plan that you can, when you're talking to that person, you can trust, you can come up with a game plan. That's like, how am I going to let people know? Am I going to hold a meeting? Am I going to send out an email? Am I going to send a text? Depending on obviously if it's personal or professional and who you are explaining it to depends on how you should go about saying it. Yep. I, I think that's pretty spot on. I don't think there's anything else to add to that because you know, it is what it is. Like <laughs> You don't go back on it. Just tell those people and stick to it. It's not easy. I understand. There will be time, but obviously you'll, the emergency will happen and you'll obviously like, but don't let people talk you out of a boundary just because you have an exception to a rule like that's not how mm -hmm. life works so i will say that in advance that something will happen where you will be have to break something in the future because of a circumstance but that doesn't mean that that boundary no longer exists yeah so that next step is putting your boundaries in place officially. Um, so, you know, you've let everybody know, you let the person that you trust know, so they're holding you accountable. Um, and then you just need to put them in place, like go ahead and start practicing that boundary. It's a new thing that you're doing, right? It's essentially like a new habit. So it's not going to be something that, you know, overnight you're going to do perfectly, but that's why it's something that you practice. So again, back to the email thing, if it's like, oh, I'm no longer going to respond to emails within this time frame, you might need to put like a timer on your phone that is going to go off and remind you like, okay, it's time to not do this anymore. And it might be a situation where you then have to come up with like a plan of something to do during that time frame to get you away from your computer. Cause I know for me, like I do set boundaries when it comes to that and I break them often. <laughs> so a lot of times what I'll actually do, this sounds so strange, but a lot of times I'll have meetings towards the, like one meeting towards the end of the day um, that kind of helps break the whole, like, okay, you're moving out of your inbox. You're going to this meeting. And then after the meeting, it's like, 
then I'm done. You know what I mean? Um, and set having like a set dinner time, stuff like that really helps for me uh, to be able to kind of like pull myself away from work. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to like boundaries in my personal life, it's literally just been massive amounts of practice over and over and over again. A lot of repeating myself, repeating like these are my boundaries and having to say them to people in my family over and over and over again. Um, but that's what you have to do. You just kind of have to like decide that it's worth it to you. Um, that it's essentially like a boundary to me. It's like, it's a promise to yourself. So it's like, why would you break it? It's a promise to you. It's something that, you know, you're worth like keeping that promise. So just have to repeat it to yourself. If you have to repeat it to other people, if you have to, but put it in place and start practicing it. Um, and like you said, it's, it's not always going to be perfect. Um, so know that it won't always be perfect. It's going to be something that, you know, you might step back on every once in a while and, and make an exception or break it or whatever. But just because that happens one time doesn't mean that everything is falling apart. I think a lot of times people will be like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I let my boundary down for, you know, this one time or this one day or this one minute and now everything has fallen apart. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're not, you don't start all over again just because of like one tiny little mess up. Like you just get back on the course and reset that boundary and go from there. Yeah. I think the repetitive of it's repetitive. It's you saying something over and over again, or to your personal self, especially with business. If you're a personal business owner, you own your business, uh, set up that app thing where it kicks you out of whatever apps you're using after a certain time. So if you know your boundary is I'm not going to be on social media for, but for an hour, set that in real life. Like don't just take it to see it, go into the settings. They're all there to kick you out after 60 minutes and then you're done. Like walk away, you do something else, fill your time with other things that are important. Like Christmas said, I think that's very important because what happens if we say we're not going to do this thing anymore then we have all this free time and it's like, what do we do to fill that free time? And then after a couple of days, you're like, Oh, and I'm back to my bad habit or whatever it was. So definitely find something else to pivot from. If it's in terms of like hard conversations with people, obviously allow yourself to have downtime. I will not stress the importance of journaling those experiences after you set those boundaries, especially early on, because what happens is over time, you'll get easier at it and you'll see the responses that you have and your growth for yourself to other people. Like, I, I, for myself, for uh, like, and still, I try, like, my boundary is with the phone. I don't like talking on the phone. It's just, I will, I will do whatever it takes (laughs) to not pick up a phone to call someone. I just don't love it. It's not my thing, especially when it comes to business related things. However, I own a business. So here's how businesses work is that people use the phone. So, You know, it became an issue because they was like, yo, you can't not pick up the phone ever. And I was like, yeah, I can. That's my boundary. Duh. <laughs> like, you know, Duh. I can't. You use the phone. That's not, that's not fair. It's not realistic. And so um, I've been taking note of myself and, and starting phone calls or having client inquiry phone calls. And it's gone. So like this year I've had so many because it's a pandemic and it's gone so well for me. And I like see the growth of myself, like, choosing to set a boundary for myself to like undo my old boundary being like, you no longer can go back to saying that. Although I'm not going to call for like bills and things. I try not to call for those. <laughs> like I will email you or whatever. If I don't have to call, it's my last resort when it comes to personal matters, such as utilities, etc. But if I do have to call for like making money purposes, you 
bet your butt I'm going to be on the phone. So I, I have kind of been taking note of how that's going. And the phone calls have gotten so much easier. Like I've, I have two client calls today that are inquiries. And the, those things have worked out. The first one was so easy and breezy and like quick and to the point. I do have hard boundaries on time, though. I'm not going to talk to you yeah. for like a, three hours and you have not paid me a dime yet. That's just not going to happen. It's really a 30-minute introductory like, hey, real quick, so I can get enough information to send you back a quote. I'm not going to be on the phone with you trying to solve your problems for two and a half hours. And then we get to the end of the phone call and you're like, but I have $2. That's not going to happen. So that I still have a boundary in place clearly of my time because my time is important, but I am flexible enough to know that like something I was doing was unrealistic and how to be better about it. So I do think it's important to journal how you do. And like, so if you are a person who owns a business, but you talk to people on the phone for hours and hours and hours and they never hire you, set a boundary to say, if it's 45 minutes, then switch it to 30 minutes. If it's an hour, switch it to 45 minutes. Take 15 minutes off, set that boundary, and journal how that time and the progress goes because you will see over time that you've gotten better at that thing. Yeah, I love your the way that you do phone calls because it's so structured and organized and you're really good at like setting a hard boundary of like this is how much time that we're going to spend on it and like making sure that everything gets done and covered within that amount of time and not going over. I think that that is really important. Um, I don't like to talk on the phone either, like in general, like I like to talk on the phone when it's scheduled. That's like, that's my hard boundary line is that like, I don't like to be on the phone on the fly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Unless it's like, I could talk to like you on the phone on the fly because you're so good at like if if I'm calling you it's like for a reason you know what I mean and like we just would have like a quick conversation that would like be about the thing but I don't like when people just call you and you don't know what's like out of the blue like I'm just gonna call you and just talk and I'm like nope nope that's not for me (laughs) like and I have friends that don't live here right and and so I do need to either like talk to them on the phone or do like a FaceTime or something but I just literally like we schedule it like Morgan is the same way as me and she lives in Nashville and So like we'll schedule a call like, you know, we'll normally do like two a month where we'll like actually just talk for a long time, but we literally like plan it out and we know it's coming for like quite some time because to me, it's the same thing as like a hangout with a friend. So I just need to be like mentally prepared for it. Um, And yeah, when it comes to like work, it's kind of like, I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm like, if it's scheduled, I'm great. But like, it's always strange to me and it does not happen often. But it's always strange to me when clients like call me instead of like emailing me. Again, it's very few and far in between. I would say like two clients a year do this, but it happened a lot more when I did photography full time, especially during like um, portrait season. I would get like dozens of phone calls from, you know, prospective customers. And that was always just like a challenge to be like, all right, I'm going to have to. And I would always let it go to voicemail because that was like. That was like working within my boundaries. It's like, okay, if it goes to voicemail, then I can essentially schedule it as I call them back. So like you said, there's workarounds and there's things that, you know, we have to do with our businesses. So again, that goes back to like making sure those boundaries are reasonable and there's something that's actually going to work for you in your day-to-day life. But yeah, I love boundaries. They're the best. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like the last point, it's not always perfect. That's life. <laughs> like, I'm like, and life. Yeah. <laughs> Life, life is like that. Um, and be flexible with yourself. You're a human being. We're not perfect. We aren't, uh, you know, omnipotent beings. So we will make mistakes. We will fail ourselves. But that's what therapy is for. <laughs> I feel like if we Amen. should have a code to talkspace.com for how much we 
Honestly, that is probably something that we'll work on because I feel like that is on brand. For me, like if we can get stuff about therapy and sleep and then like a like a a brand deal about systems, like for you, like that's so on brand for us. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Like, yes, therapy, 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 especially in 2020 of all times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's it. That's about as reasonable as we're gonna, we're gonna tell you is, but if you have issues setting boundaries for your business specifically, because I mean, personally, we, we can talk about it, but we aren't there. But my our recommendation probably is going to be a therapist. But if you want to talk about business boundaries, you can DM us, yes. email us at hello at heart and hustle podcast.com. Uh, you know, go through the form, subscribe to the newsletter, do all those things. We do like talking about businesses and then i think part of our businesses is allowing setting up helping business owners set up their own boundaries in their strategy and how they get things done with consulting so yeah and i think a lot of people have that question of like well how do you run multiple businesses and work on all these different projects at once and boundaries is is boundaries and systems are the answer that's the answer that's the answer Yeah. yeah yeah All right, guys. Well, definitely be looking out for us on Instagram, Twitter, and the all over the internet. We yeah. are Heart Hustle Pod at Twitter. We are Heart and Hustle Podcast everywhere else. Um, let us know your favorite Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Who is your favorite What's Chris? It? Um, you Pine? know, I, no, I don't really like Chris Pine. I don't have a problem Evans? with him. He's unproblematic in terms of, unless he starts coming out defending this dude. Like, Is all the it Evans? Um, no, I think that's Melissa's favorite Chris. <laughs> um, is, so is it, is it Hemsworth or you just literally don't have one? I don't think, like, so I have learned from this thread that I think our favorite Chris should be Chris Pang. Um, and that's what I'm going with because he's, he looks fantastic and i've seen some stuff he's been in and that's my vote now for favorite chris it's not even gonna be a white dude it's gonna be chris Pang. we're moving on <laughs> like i just uh, i like chris Hemsworth. i think if i had to pick an unproblematic fave white chris it would be chris hemsworth because he's so lighthearted and and like he does he's he does things that's really funny and he has really really when he believes in a cause he really goes for it with his money and his wife has had two babies and they still raise some kids. I don't know. You know, kids are yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I honestly like Hemsworth, Pine, and um and Evans. They're all I don't really have good. an opinion on Chris Evans. Like he's oh, funny. Like, Chris he's Evans is I like I think it's funny. He's like Captain America in real life. Like he actually yeah, does a whole I mean, bunch of nice he, stuff. I, and I really I like don't that. Care about it. <laughs> you know, you know. Well, me. he's wonderful and you should. Um, um, and then Chris Pine, uh, you know, he's all right. Like, I think Chris Pine is funny. Chris he's Pine not... loves black people, and I'll never forget that. So I, he gets extra points for that. I think when he, he's so good, but I feel like Hollywood had an issue with him after Star Trek. And so he had such a hard time coming back to things. But now that he's, like, in Wonder Woman and other stuff, he's coming back. Like, I'm not, I don't have a, like, neither one of them are problematic as, as the other. Well, I'm not going to talk about him because I'm not getting a cease and desist for talking about that man on my show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that other Chris, he, he doesn't exist to me. Uh, no. Chris Pang. Chris Pang's my favorite Chris. Yeah, we should move Chris Pang into the... Um... Uh, yeah, I think there was, like, a thread and everybody's like, let's introduce you to Chris Pang. And everybody's like, who wants to vote him and say I? And we're all like, I. And then there's <laughs> like, also the Chris yeah. from the Mindy product project, and I can't. Oh yeah, Chris it. Messina, yeah. and then Chris Maloney. Also, Chris Maloney is my favorite white Chris. Let's go back, rewind. Chris Maloney of Law and Order SVU is my favorite Chris. 
yeah. I, I, I did. He's my favorite white Chris. There's a I lot will of let him there's a lot man. of other good Chris's out there. Like you know, um, but I I, it, it. I will say it is completely wild to see the Avengers assemble because <laughs> this man's feelings were hurt, and it's really upsetting to me. But you know, we can chat about that on homegirls. Twitter. <laughs> um, you guys being my homegirls, but uh, you know, we yeah, I'm moving on. I don't want to talk about that man because this is the most embarrassing thing that's happened to a celebrity this week yeah <laughs> we still got time yeah um, we still got so time thank you guys <laughs> use the hashtag boss so hard uh follow us on our shops kismet and charisma studio 44 paper we are releasing holiday stuff soon i am like scanning and finishing up holiday collection today so Yay. i'm excited that you guys are here thank you for being here every week that episode from last week will come out we are just editing yes. <laughs> there's an editing issue so writing for a piece of audio and then once that slid back in you guys will get an episode, bonus episode, randomly whenever it comes out. So, yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. bye.